Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am here today with one of my, I don't, I don't know, I want to say like idols. Like I have looked up to you so much, Sarah. Like you have taught me so much about social media. Um, and you guys, we're going to talk all today about perfectionism and social media. Um, so I have here with me today, Sarah Gavia. Um, I'll make sure that she has a chance to kind of introduce herself, but she is just a social media guru. You guys, she is incredible. She's taught me so much about social media. Um, and she's just amazing at what she does and has a really cool story. I'm super excited to kind of extract all that, but we're going to talk a lot today about social media, perfectionism, a lot of how, you know, perfectionism and anxiety and comparisons and all those things can come up, especially in social media. And kind of, even if you don't have diagnosed, you know, OCD or anxiety, you know, it's a really kind of tricky field. And we'll talk about all of that today. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to just give us a really quick um, intro as to kind of who you are and how you got started in all of this. Hi. Well, first of all, thank you so much because that was such a nice introduction. <laughs> I'm over here blushing. <laughs> um, well, for anyone who doesn't know me, hi, I'm Sarah. I have been a social media manager for about two or three years now. That is my full-time gig. And I love talking about all things social media. Um, before I did that, I was a ballet dancer for years and years and years. So when it comes to perfectionism and all that sort of realm, I definitely have struggled a lot with that in my entire life. And so I'm really happy to have this conversation today and to talk about it. Yeah, I I'm I really think that so much of it is important to talk about. So talking about like your personal experience with perfectionism kind of in ballet. And I know from my following you that you had decided to kind of retire. Um, mm -hmm. and just in the people that I've worked with and the people that I know personally, ballet is hard mentally. Like it is, uh, it is difficult. It kind of primes you to be super perfectionistic. And so I'm curious, like we can kind of, if we can kind of use that experience, like, did that have anything to do with you eventually getting into social media and yeah, just maybe talk about the difficulty that was ballet as far as perfectionism goes and how the heck you ended up doing social media. 
Yeah, definitely ballet is tough. I mean, I think we all know that. Physically, it's tough, of course, but then also mentally, it's extremely tough. And I think that a lot of people can see it, but they don't truly know it until you're in it, and then you really see it, you know? And so that world is is so difficult. You know, you're never good enough. You're always striving for more, which has a good quality about it, right? Because then you never give up, you never settle, you're always working, working, working. But at the same time, that mentality can be really, really difficult and really, really harmful to you. Because again, you're never good enough. You always have this perfectionist uh, mentality of I need to be perfect, but perfect doesn't exist. So now what, you know, where do I go from here? And I think a lot of that mentality did travel with me into my business, because I still have a lot of that perfectionist in me. And it's taken a lot for me to try to get rid of that perfectionism in as best of a way as I could. Um, but it's definitely still there. I mean, with social media, we see perfectionism. We, we compare ourselves all the time, right? And it reminds me a lot of how I used to compare myself to others in ballet, whether it was my body or my technique or whatever it was that day, we see the same thing come in with social media. And so in terms of my experience and how I came into that, it came into social media, it was really, you know, ballet was wearing me down and I needed something else. I needed another outlet. And so I decided to go that route. Um, but I do notice a lot of similarities between the two. That's always been really interesting to me. Yeah. And I think so much of it is it requires, both of these things require vulnerability, right? Like truly going outside of your comfort zone and it's kind of a performance, right? Like we're doing these reels, we're doing these stories. We are kind of performing. I mean, especially with the trends and stuff like that, right? Like it's a, it's a performance and you are doing it in front of a ton of other people. You are opening yourself up to the opinions of people who are anonymous most of the time. Right. Um, and I like what you said about how perfectionism, right? Like some of these qualities can be good, right? Like it's not to say that like we don't want to strive to be conscientious, that we don't want to strive to do better or to do more. But of course, at a certain point, it does become dysfunctional. So right. I'm going to nerd out really quickly and teach everybody who's listening there is this concept of the Yerkes-Dodson curve. If anybody is super nerdy about it and, and wants to Google image it, the Yerkes-Dodson curve, I will link it in the show notes. Um, but it's essentially the relationship between performance and anxiety. And if you could visualize, it's kind of like a bell curve on two axes, right? Um, and it's this bell curve that essentially states very reliably across different, you know, mediums and um, activities, whether that's ballet, social media, studying for an exam, parenting, whatever, that in really low levels of anxiety or stress, we have low performance. Similarly, at really high levels of anxiety and stress, we have low performance. When we have moderate levels of anxiety and stress, we have the best performance. And so I think that's exactly what it is that you're saying, right? Like at really, we, we don't want to have no anxiety about these things. We don't want to have no anxiety about how we show up in our jobs or on social media, if that's what we're into, because if we're not anxious about it, we're not going to do well, right? We're not going to have the motivation to perform well, but we also can't have such high levels of anxiety and such high levels of stress, because then that's going to lead to burnout, to panic, to avoidance, procrastination, we really need that like moderate level of anxiety about it. And that's when we pull out the best of our performance. So 
Um, yeah. What would be kind of things that have helped you like take off some of that pressure at the top? Um, because you are the epitome, I think like, obviously I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but you're so productive. You do so much. You're, I mean, I, I think that you'd be the epitome of like that middle of that bell curve, like a moderate level of stress and anxiety about it. Not too much, not too little. So how do you achieve that? That whole thing that you just said was so interesting. I honestly don't remember the name of it. What was it called again? <laughs> it's the Yerkes Dodson curve. They actually call it, they actually call it the Yerkes Dodson law now, like the law of gravity, pretty much like it is, wow. that, it is that reliable. Like it is that reliable across like various situations and various populations. The Yerkes Dodson curve, super cool. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. When you were saying that, I was like thinking about both things that I've done in my life, right? So the ballet side and also the social media side, because when you think about the performance side, like literally performing on a stage, I think back to those days where I was super, super, super nervous and I never performed my best ever because I was always anxious, always just constantly comparing myself and never feeling super great. And then when I had that middle ground, like that was when I always did the best. And even the same thing with social media, like when you are always constantly worried about, is this going to do well? Does it doesn't look perfect. Like, is my video editing like amazing enough? Like all that nonsense, you never, ever see the results that you want. And so it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I see the parallels between both which I think is very interesting. <laughs> well, and I think it's it's a reminder that we have to make space for fun. Like <laughs> we can't be so overly perfectionistic about these things. And of course it's going to feel scary, right? Like I'm not saying yeah. that there's a way to start ballet or to start social media and have it not be a little bit anxiety provoking. So I think that's the first step, right? Is like recognizing that it's anything new is going to be a little bit anxiety provoking. I'm sure when you started to get into social and putting yourself out there or your first client that you worked with, right? Like it didn't feel 100% pleasant and comfy and cozy. Like you're going outside of your comfort zone. Um, but you, we have to have fun with it. I know when other therapists especially come to me and they're like, I could never do what you do on social media with all those TikToks and reels. I don't know how you do it. And it's like, I literally just try to have, like, I've only ever just tried to have fun and yeah. that allowed me to not have so much pressure on myself because otherwise I would never show up. Like I would never, I would take it too seriously and I wouldn't show up. So I try to have fun. That's my kind of practical tip is try to have fun with it. You know, taking that pressure off that you put on yourself or that you think other people are putting on you, which I guarantee is not true. Just trying to have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. And you know what? We can totally see that when you're able to have fun with whatever you're doing, whether it's social media or any other thing, we see that and it, it attracts us to you too. Um, it not only feels most comfortable to you, but it feels most comfortable to people who are watching you do what you're doing when you have that level of comfort. So I love that we're talking about this and I think that's super important. Totally. And, and it is scary. It's scary to show up and be vulnerable and like, you just yeah. put up this thing and not know how it's going to go, but you know, it aligns with your values. And it, and that's something that I talk about a lot with my clients and on the podcast, right? Like making sure that we're making decisions based in values versus fear. Um, right. All of those things are super, super important. So um, something that can hold people back and I'm sure has held you back at times, holds me back at times is this comparison, right? So whether that's in ballet you know, really 
comparing yourself to someone else's body or technique or on social, you know, comparing this amount of followers to how many followers you have, or, you know, so on and so forth. Those comparisons can be so dangerous. If you could talk about kind of the negative impact of those comparisons and then kind of how you handle that on a day-to-day basis, that would be great. Yeah, it is. It is very hard to get over that, especially with something like social media where the numbers are staring at you in the face. And it's so easy to be like, well, how come this person is doing what seems like the same amount of stuff that I'm doing, yet I'm over here struggling and they're over here succeeding? Like what's going on, right? Um, Unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with mindset. And when I started to detach my value from the numbers that I saw, that was when I started to succeed, not only in like my social media, but also like in my confidence and, you know, being able to fully show up and do what I do in the best way that I can do it. Right. Um, When we put so much value on those numbers, we only are focused on the numbers. And in terms of social media, like if you're only focusing on the numbers, you're going to create content for the numbers, not create content for your purpose, which is to help whoever you're looking to help. Right. And that can be, challenging to do. I mean, I think the way that I had to really do it was to take a step back from myself and what I was doing for so long and really understand like, okay, is this making me happy? No, I feel miserable. I feel stressed out. Like I'm always comparing myself to this person, that person, like I need to take a break. And I took a break. I took a second to like really breathe, really like, I guess, analyze like what I was doing why like what I need to change and then make that decision but it came with time and it came with the mindset shift that I just needed to do if I wanted to see those results Mm -hmm. yeah you're bringing up some examples for me I don't know if you know this I don't talk about it a lot but I'm all I'm actually a certified personal trainer um and I don't practice it it's a long story um but I have also always struggled with my body um I go to the gym six days a week I go to burn boot camp and it's like where a lot of women are together and you're all kind of performing and like working out together, right? Like it's very difficult. I don't find myself comparing to other people on social media as much, but that's probably because I'm my like comparing cup is so saturated from the gym. Like, right. And so like, we all deal with those things. I think the one thing that has been helpful for me when it comes to comparisons of any kind, right? Like whether that's with your body perfectionism on social media or whatever, I always ask myself, like, what would, what does that person have to do in order to get what they have? Right. Like, does that, you know, this person who, you know, beat me quote unquote in a competition, right? Like she doesn't eat any carbs. She doesn't drink any alcohol. She, you know, doesn't have kids, right? Like her life is so much different than mine in so many ways. Like, do I want that life? No, like I like to have a drink every once in a while. I love my carbs and I obviously have a kid, right? I have a five-year-old. Like our lives are so completely different and I don't want that life if that's what it takes to get what she has, right? And same for social media. Like there are some people with followers who have, you know, 100,000 followers or 500,000 followers. And it's like, it's really easy to kind of go down that rabbit hole of like, well, I wish I had what they had or I wish I could do things this way. Or I wish my camera could be that high quality or whatever. And it's like, well, wait, would I, would I, do I want 
to live my life or like sacrifice the things that they had to sacrifice in order to do the things that they do. And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. And if in the event that I do want to do that, then I'll go do it. Right. But like, either way, we can't continue to just sit there and beat ourselves up. Like that doesn't solve anything. It just makes us feel worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. I think a lot of it, like you just said, has to do with a reflection of yourself too. And really thinking like, okay, what do like, what that I have is like, do I love, like, for example, with your body, right? Like point out things that you love about yourself and really focus on like why you love yourself and what, like the things that you love about yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you find yourself comparing to others, really think about that on yourself. That's what I always did. Whenever I found myself like comparing my, my body, my technique, whatever happened to be, I would really focus in. Okay. I love this about myself. I love that about myself. I love this, that, and the other thing. Do I really, should I really be caring about what this person thinks of me? Probably not. Should I really be comparing myself to this this other person who has this totally different life than me and does all these things, like you said, that I don't necessarily even want to do to get what they have? Like, I don't even think I want that. So it's all about a reflection and it's so much easier said than done, but it's so important. Yeah. When I, I think it's almost like, an avoidance almost, right? Like it's so much easier to, and like cognitively less effort, right? To just compare ourselves to somebody else and think about that person versus to do what you just said, right? To like bring it back to ourselves and really have those introspective, you know, thoughts and discussions with ourselves about like, well, what do I want? Like, what do I want to change? What are my values? How am I showing up? Like, what do I need to do differently? What do I need to give myself more credit for? Um, And yeah, social media can kind of take the wind out of you in a lot of those ways. So, um, you know, as, as two women who show up and we're on social media a lot, this is like our avenue. This is our business. Um, I know it definitely affects my mental health for sure. (laughs) Like you mentioned like the people pleasing, um, you know, wanting other people to kind of enjoy, you know, what it is that you're putting out there. I know it's not always, it's not going to be for everybody, right? Like there are going to be some people, especially the trolls, whatever we want to call them, who like have negative things to say or try to take advantage of us. What are some of the ways that social media has affected your mental health for better or for worse? Because it can also bring community, like it's, it makes these educational things more accessible, but what are some of the ways that social media has affected your mental health? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's an interesting topic because I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, there's two sides, right? Because there is the side of social media that is positive. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've met so many of my closest friends through social media, which is so weird, but so true. And there are people who like you who are creating such awesome educational content that is a positive side of social media, right? But then of course, there is the undeniable negative side to it where you have the comparison, like we just said, the perfectionism that really creeps in for a lot of people. And then also the hate comments and the trolls and the bots or whatever the heck you want to call them. That is so unavoidable when it, when you get to a certain point. The other day I posted a, a video stating one of my opinions about the ballet world. Cause every once in a while I have a, another account that I talk about more, you know, I, I don't and talk you about go just viral. You go viral with those. I go viral. I go viral. <laughs> and let me tell you, going viral is not always what you want because I know I got a lot of hate comments. And it was because I stated an opinion, you know, I was talking about a certain ballet opinion and whatever. And there were people who were coming at me, not at my opinion. They were saying like, 
well, you're not a good dancer. So no wonder you didn't do this and that. And it's like, that is so hard to deal with. And I noticed, even though I haven't danced in two years and I don't even want to go back into that realm, it really affected me. I was like, what do you mean I'm not a good dancer? Like I was a professional dancer. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because even though you might not think it would affect you, it does. Yeah, totally. And I wish that I had like a really good like magic potion that could just make you not care about the hate comments and the negative things that you're going to receive on social media. But unfortunately, I don't. And the only way that I could really say, like, the only thing I can say is you have to, if you're going to be posting on social media, you have to be prepared for it because it does happen. It is hard. Like it can get hard. I don't know. Maybe you have a better advice about this than I do because it's, it's tough. It really sucks. I mean, and I think that like, I, I know some people who are like, oh yeah, like I just block and forget. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. (laughs) I can't. I am also, I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but I, what number are you? Do you know? I'm a three wing two. I think all of my best friends are threes or twos, (laughs) which is interesting because I'm an eight. Okay. And so eights are, we're like very much triggered by injustice and like, I will die on a hill, like just to prove <laughs> a point. Like if I feel like taken advantage of like eights are all about power. Like we want to make sure that we have control. Like I yeah. like to be in control. I don't like anybody taking that away from me. And so it's very difficult for me personally. I don't think that I could ever get to the point where it doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. And I, I, I think like I, what helps me is just to not fight that part of myself. Like I can either be the way that I can be the way that I am and fight it, or I can just like accept the fact that that bothers me the same way that I tend to like gold jewelry versus silver jewelry, right? Like it's just the way that I am. And, you know, of course there's always room for growth. That's why I have so many three and two friends because in times of strength or like in times of growth, we look to threes and twos, which is really funny that I have like all of my friends are threes and twos <laughs> because you guys are so kind and like altruistic and um, like hardworking and like, you know, assume good intentions on people. I do not do that. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard. All, it's really hard. It's all just, like you said, it's all just who you are. I think each of us is built very differently. And um yeah, I mean, it definitely affects you for sure. I would say that, you know, for every hate comment, you have a million other positive comments and other positive people in your life who are supporting you. Totally. And eventually at some point, I know it's so difficult, but at some point you have to sort of understand that, okay, this is going to happen, but I can't forget about those people that like do support me. And get value from my content every single day and support me in real life and love me and and care about me and don't think these awful things about me. I think the more that you can tap into that and really just try your best to like, think about that. Mm -hmm. It kind of weighs the hate comments, although it's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, I could talk a lot about that. I could talk about a (laughs) lot of things that would probably get me in so much trouble, (laughs) but I won't. Um, so yeah, it can affect your mental health legit. Like I, um, I mean, like there's so much time, I spend so much time on social media and so much of it is just like the doom scroll, right? Like it's not even the productive business stuff. Um, but that can obviously have like a huge impact on mental health. There's so many studies to support that. We don't need to go into any detail because I'm sure everybody is aware of it, right? Just like social media 
pretty much guaranteed to like have a decline in your mental health. Um, so, uh, have you experienced any of that? I know I definitely have, like, how do you, as a, as a, as like an advocate, as a professional, as a businesswoman, like, how do you continue to show up in social media without letting it be super unproductive, like with the doom scrolling and and just balancing business and taking care of yourself, I guess. It's very hard. I'm not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's very, very hard. The nature of what I do, I manage other people's Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts, all the things. And so my job is literally to be on these apps for hours a day. And most of it is on your phone, right? Like, oh yeah, it it would be, so I feel like it would be so much different. I'm going to share a secret. Many people don't know this, but I used to be in charge of my old company's social media. I used to be in charge of the treat my OCD social media, otherwise known as no CD and obviously continuing to do my own stuff. And like, I literally was running two full-time accounts, like two full-time jobs from my phone. Like you can't do this stuff from a computer. You can maybe try to automate some things and like batch content here and there, but like 90, 90 to 95% of what I do is on my phone, which is always with me. And it's there in the middle of the night when I need to go pee, (laughs) like it's in my (laughs) pocket at all times. Like it's there when my kid is at, at, at karate, right? Like it's there. It's not like my desktop where I can, you know, leave it at home out of sight, out of mind. It's always there. It's so hard. Yeah. That's definitely how I feel because, and again, not everybody listening has the same job as me, but a lot of us do have jobs that like, you know, anybody can text you at any hour of the day and you're just expected to answer. And that can be really, really hard. So like, for example, at this moment, I personally probably manage like six or seven accounts every single day, posting multiple times a day on some of these accounts, right? And And that is- All the things. Yeah, all the things, engaging, creating the content, posting it, editing it, all, all the things. And that is really, really tough because it's like, all day, every single day. I mean, if you saw my my screen time on my phone, you'd be horrified. <laughs> and I know it's not just I think me. I'm at like eight or nine hours a day. No, I'm at like 12. I'm oh. at like 12 or 13. That's like my average. And it's, and that's, like, that's so bad. Like a lot of that is probably so productive too. It's like, what are you supposed to do? It's, it's hard. And I think, um, I think the way that I've really had to because I've had to go through like I've had to literally prioritize like okay I need to work right now because when you work on your phone it's very hard to not do the doom scroll right (laughs) it's almost impossible and so I've had to like really set boundaries for myself of like okay Sarah you can doom scroll at night when everything is done but like right now we gotta like get to work and it's really really hard for your mental health to have all of this consumption of social media content because that is that in itself is very difficult especially if you're not on like a very positive side of social media which all these algorithms you know you can always end up on a side that's not the most helpful to you right and then you're really doom scrolling oh my Um, god i i landed some dark tiktok channels yeah (laughs) yeah and it's it's just I don't know. There's, it's just, it impacts your soul. I can't speak anymore. It impacts your mental health so bad, especially like being on your phone for hours and hours and hours a day. I don't know what else to say about it because this I is think, just my life. So when it comes to the doom scroll, which like put OCD, anxiety, business aside, like I think we can all relate to being in that doom scroll where you are just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and laughing at this and looking through the comments and suddenly it's like 35 minutes, an hour has gone by and you're like, oh my God, like I (laughs) 
it's, it's almost like highway hypnosis, but like with your phone. Um, and then I feel so bad about that and I beat myself up, but I just do it again. Right. Like it's like this vicious cycle and I'm sure so many people can relate to it. I really feel compelled though. Like, honestly, obviously it needs to be addressed. Obviously like that's not in line with my values to be spending that amount of time. I would rather that be productive, but at the same time, what we do and whether that's like you and me, like as business owners on social media, or if you're a therapist or just somebody with OCD and anxiety, right? Like whatever it is that you're doing, it takes a lot of mental effort, <laughs> right? And it just feels really good to do something that takes no mental effort, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like doing something that takes no mental effort for me is very productive because yeah. I, and I need to like actually like give myself a break and recognize that because Everything else that I do throughout the day from the moment that I wake up and I'm having to take care of a five-year-old and, you know, go to the gym and take care of my body because, you know, have to take care of yourself, la, 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 right? Like then working all day, hearing from other people about like the worst parts of their lives and, you know, helping them through their OCD and anxiety, right? Like it takes so much effort. It just feels really freaking good to, to do something that doesn't require so much effort. So I think we also need to be a little bit nicer to ourselves too, yeah, I think allowing yourself to do it is fine. Like it's there for a reason. Again, there are a lot of great aspects of social media. Like there are people who are creating amazing content. And like, if you want to see more positive content, engage with some more positive content. And I'm telling you within a couple of days, your social media feed will have tons of like very uplifting, motivating content that like really switches your your mood which is always interesting too because like you said you've been you've seen some very negative stuff on social media and I have too but I think once you start to really engage with other content like you start to see a different a different picture of social media yeah I guess you could say like where it's 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 different I don't know but yeah I, I agree with you giving yourself that maybe hour or two even of like mindless scrolling can be really helpful when you've had a long day of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. So, so true. Um, and so I, I think another reason why this is so hard for us, you know, perfectionism just in general, um, and something that I talk to my clients about a lot is we tend to feel like everything needs to be 100%, right? Like we need mm -hmm. to give our partner hundred percent of ourselves and we need to give our social media hundred percent of ourselves. And we need to give our clients hundred percent of ourselves, and we need to understand as perfectionists that we can't possibly give 100% to all of these different things. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I'm going to give my family, you know, 60%. And as much as I hate that, right, like that's, it's, it's everything kind of just needs to shift and, uh, you know, shift priority. But what are some of the other things outside of like your business, managing other people's accounts and like just general things, like what other things are kind of difficult for you to balance um, where you feel like you have to give everything a hundred percent? Oh yeah. That's definitely a struggle for a lot of us. Um, for me in particular, I think that I have been trying my best to work on this balance because I give my business a lot of myself and I've had to realize over the past year in particular that that's not the way to necessarily live life at your happiest. Like work is not supposed to be your entire life. Like there's a lot more to life than that. Um, I mean, my, my boyfriend, like I've got to give him some of my attention. Right. 
doing things like making me happy, spending time with friends, going out and exploring my city. That's so amazing. Instead of sitting at home all day doing my work, like that needs to be prioritized. Walking my dog, prioritized. Uh, working out, prioritized. Like there are all these things that I, for the past maybe a year, about a, about a year ago, maybe I did a really, really, really bad job of taking care of. And it, it's been an ongoing, you know, thing of like, okay, Sarah, like I understand that you love what you do and that's great. Right. And a lot of us love what we do. And so we do it all the time and it feels really good, but you really have to take a step back and understand that that isn't going to be here forever. Like, I know you love what you do. That's amazing. But there are so many people in your life that, you know, need that attention too. And like, there are so many things that like your health and your wellness and things along those lines that I feel a lot of times we don't prioritize as much as we should because we're so stressed out about that, you know? And I think something that as perfectionists, right, you mentioned this a couple um, moments ago in the beginning uh, that we tend to just want to do more, 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 more. We need to do more. We're always like thinking about the next project or the next thing. But with perfectionism, right, like there's a point of diminishing returns, like where more is not always better, right? Like where you said you have like six or seven or eight accounts that you manage, like you wouldn't necessarily be doing a better job by having 15, right? Like. (laughs) Right. right. Like more is not always necessarily better. Like you might reach a point of diminishing returns where you're not able to actually do the high quality work that you were doing with the five or six or seven or eight that you have. Right. So, you know, my, this has come up for me recently as far as like, well, I just want, um, you know, whether it's like more followers or I want to do more workshops or this, and it's like, wait, I'm going to reach a point of diminishing returns here. Like it, the answer is not always to do more. You know, it's not always to do more. Um, it's it's sometimes to just like find that balance and perfectionism is going to want us to do more and keep doing it and keep doing it and do it more and more and more. Um, but that repetition, that persistence and more effort doesn't always reap the better rewards. And, and the majority yeah. of those payoffs sometimes can happen like right when it's like just good enough, right? Like I have a good enough amount of clients. I have a good enough yeah whatever. And that can bring us the most joy. And we can make sure that we're actually doing a good job versus striving for, for, for perfection, which isn't possible anyway. Um, for those listening, you know, from the OCD audience, John Hirschfield, I think it was John Hirschfield. He's really well known in our field. Um, he said that OCD is a glitch in the good enough system, which is so true. And I feel like we can all relate to that, right? Like where we just feel like it's not good enough. It's not good enough but it's never going to be good enough. When you struggle with perfectionism, it's just never going to be good enough. Um, so I don't know if you have any last minute thoughts about that as we wrap up here. I have a couple last minute questions for you, but anything on like d- the concept of diminishing returns and being good enough? Yeah, I just think I, I related so much to what you just said. Like more does not equal like more happiness just because you have more that you're doing and more followers or more whatever it doesn't necessarily relate to how you feel about it. And I've had to really learn that myself too. Like I don't need more clients. I'm super happy with the clients that I have. I'm doing well. Like I'm good. It's hard. It's hard when you're a perfectionist and you always want to be better for yourself. But at some point you have to understand that like you don't necessarily always need more. (laughs) At least that's what I'm learning for myself. 
Yeah, for sure. Especially when we feel like we need more and we're making that decision out of like a state of urgency or desperation, <laughs> like that to me is like the red flag that it's related to my anxiety, that it's related to OCD. Like if it feels urgent and it feels desperate, probably not like that's not values driven. Like that's not me. That's not the energy that I want to pour into any of my projects. Like I want to yeah. make them, I want to do these projects or get that new client out of love, like not out of scarcity or desperation or urgency. Um, so I always like to ask my guests a couple of questions. Um, I have a lot of people probably listening. I get a lot of like therapists who like always ask me about, you know, you know, showing up on social media or advocates showing up on social media. Um, and it's hard, right? Like we talked about, it's hard, it's vulnerable, it's difficult. There's perfectionism at play. I always ask my, uh, guests, because we're all about doing the hard things here on the hard things podcast, right? Like doing hard things. It's good to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I always like to ask people, Sarah, why do you think that it's important to do hard things? Ooh, man. I love that question. Well, I think it's important to do hard things because when, if you always stick with what you know, then I feel like you never grow. Yeah. That's, that's one of my like biggest mentalities is doing hard things. It, it sucks sometimes. Like we don't want to, we don't want to try something new. We don't want to do something scary. We want to stay with what feels comfortable and what feels normal to us and what feels right. But if you always stay in that zone, I, I truly think that you're not maximizing your potential. There's always something out there that you can do again, not in the perfectionist sense. We don't want to talk about more and more and more and more. Right. <laughs> but I think that there is such a value in doing hard things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's all about our why, right? Like you guys don't know this, but Sarah just got her wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> like you <laughs> yes. needed to get your wisdom teeth taken out because as painful as that was, as painful as it still is, like as you're healing and getting better, right? Like you needed to get your wisdom teeth taken out. If you didn't, that would have created a whole, you know, set of issues for you, right? Like it would have been more painful. It would have been more awful and led to more problems down the line. I think about cancer treatment too, right? Like going through, you know, chemotherapy, it's painful. It's certainly more painful and probably in the short term, like much more debilitating than actually just letting the cancer take your life. But we don't do that, right? Like we don't, we, we do the hard thing now because we want to reap those benefits later. And so much of what we're talking about here today is like doing the hard things and putting yourself out there, you know, showing up on social media, despite the, that urge to be perfect, right? Like you're doing it you're doing the hard thing because of the reason why you want it in the first place. Like it, it's, of course it's hard. And a lot of things in life that we have to do are hard. It doesn't mean that we don't do them. It means that we stay focused on, yeah, I have to get my wisdom teeth out. Otherwise X, Y, Z. Yeah. I have to, you know, get the chemotherapy. Otherwise X, Y, Z. I have to show up on social media because otherwise I don't live a life in, in, in line with my values. Like I never get to know, right? Like I don't get to start the business that I want, or I don't get to see my capabilities. So it's so important to do those hard things. A lot of things in life are hard. It doesn't mean that we don't do them. Um, so I really appreciate you, Sarah, coming on today, talking to us a little bit about your background, especially, you know, with ballet and all that stuff, perfectionism, everything that you do on social media. I am so excited to get to like share you with the world, at least my little corner <laughs> of the world. Please, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about you and learn more from you? Because you are seriously one of the most valuable people that I follow. So where oh. can people find you? 
Well, first of all, thank you so much. I'm so happy that I got to be here too. And I absolutely loved having this conversation with you. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Sarah with an H and then G-A-V underscore. Yeah, seriously. I laugh. I have like, I have like five Instagram accounts that like, if I had everything shut down, like as if my house was burning down or something, like I would grab your account and a couple others, but you'd definitely be coming <laughs> with me. If I only needed to follow, if I could only follow like five, you'd be there. Um, oh my gosh. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So honored. Um, yeah. So you guys, no matter where you're at, um, you know, the personal stuff you share, the ev- everything that you share, the professional stuff, the social stuff, it's all so, so good. Um, and I just adore you. So I'll make sure to put all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for being here and having this really important discussion with us. And until next time, everybody keep doing all of those hard things. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbothlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.